All right, I don't know how we're going to cram this court into this particular pint pot this week, but we will give it our best shot. 170 races have been axed. This is not part of the BHA's long-term strategy. This is tactical changes to sit within the existing and already pre-arranged 2023 fixture framework. Uh, David Yates, kick off. Yes, uh, 120 races are going to be taken out of the mm. flat programme between uh, July and August, F 40 to 50 in the National Hunt sphere. These, many of them will be returned uh, to the flat and the jumping programme later on in the year. So, so it's displacement rather than axed. Well, axed is probably the wrong word. Some are axed. I mean, I, I don't think they're all. I don't think. I don't think they're all going to return and be rehomed. Um, it's a start. I, I felt that, in many ways, with the fixture list already being having been published, it, it's very very difficult to go around. Uh, with a scythe taking bits of the programme out. And so I thought it was a, a, a laudable tactical start. That, um, Richard Wayman told you that it was tactical, not strategic. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, it is merely the, the tip of the iceberg, but I, I thought it was, a, I, I thought it was a, at least an immediate response or a relatively immediate response to a very pressing problem. I suppose the I suppose the key question, Andrew, is to what extent all the stakeholders in the sport buy into the idea that the programme needs reshaping, restructuring, even if it goes against their short-term commercial interests. Yeah, it's just an example, isn't it, of the age-old problem in racing of, of people's interests not all being aligned. And um, yeah, I, th I think the the mood music coming out of the BHA and others is that 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 is starting to change and people are starting to get together. So do you buy it? Um, Let's wait and see, but yeah, p positive signs, positive signs. You're in quite a good position to, to sort of have a feel for these things. Uh, yeah, I think there's been some changes. Julie Harrington, great, and, um, and Paul Johnson at the NCF. I think that's a, that's a, a, a big positive move, so um, fingers crossed. Okay, let's talk about the um, five-day festival. They're not five-day festival, Harry Durham. Four days, are they right to stick at four days? I think so. It feels like the right decision to me. Um, and I think the really refreshing thing about this decision was it felt like people had been listened to. The, from it, I follow a lot of racing fans on Twitter. I've spoken to a lot of people about it. A good few of my uh, younger mates are members of Cheltenham. Um, and I felt that the overwhelming feeling was for was, was plenty and um, it worked very well. And I think it was, it felt, didn't it, that it was a really good decision that racing, um, the fans and the the people um, that would attend it and, and engage in it had been listened to. It struck me, Dave, that reading between the lines, talking to Nevin Truesdale later in the week, they weren't going to make that much more money out of a fifth day. Well, we they, will. They couldn't guarantee ITV coverage on yeah. Saturday. We we will never know. I mean, the I, I think for those of us who crudely put the figure at four times one point two five, i.e., that that revenue would. Or, or um, revenue and turnover would increase by 25% by adding uh, a fifth day, we will probably be wider the mark. But in a way, that's a cynical way of looking at it. The, um, the jockey club, they, they canvassed opinion. They obviously got a very strong response to that. Uh, the night before uh, there was going to be an, the announcement, Look through social media, and everyone's saying, "Everyone thought no, it was going to be five days." No, they won't listen. It's going to be five days. What a disgrace! All the rest of it, and then, well, it is just <laughs> four days. So uh, you know, they, they can't. People can't have it 
always. It was quite, like, it was quite but, a canny bit of media management, wasn't well, it? It, it? Yes, it was. But, you know, what can they do? They, they sounded out opinion. The opinion was overwhelmingly to stay at four, and rightly, in my opinion, they listened to that and they stayed at four. I mean, sometimes you really can't <laughs> please people, can you? But as, as Gordon Elliott said, they could stick 10 days of it on and we'd all be there, I suppose, wouldn't we? Which, which would give them every reason to go to five, wouldn't it? Mm. They'd say, well, it's, it's, it's going to be well attended. Uh, it, it's, uh, uh, as I say, they, they, they asked for opinion and they listened to it. I'm going to just stay with you for a minute as we look at 7.50 a pint. I mean, I joked about this at the beginning of the programme. Um, it's the most expensive pint on any race course, I think, any British race course. Yeah. Um, and you get it in now in a, a, a sort of cardboardy type, papery type cup because, for the, because of the carbon neutrality yeah. ambition, which is laudable, but it's pretty grim drinking a pint yeah. of Guinness out of a paper uh, cup, isn't of it? Of course. I mean, I like to drink my pints in an old fashioned well, you're not <laughs> uh, jug. Imagine trying to serve yeah, a, th a thousand punters at Cheltenham with the old jugs. <laughs> But, OK, let, let's take this seriously, right? If you go, and, and I, I don't live in an ivory tower, I don't sit at home twiddling my moustache and drinking uh, Cristal that the butler serves me, but if you go to a sporting event, and a top-level sporting event, and I think we can, certainly within racing's community, any racing at Cheltenham is from the top bracket, mm. you are going to pay a premium on your food and drink. Now, if you go to Wembley, you will get ripped off for the drinks that you buy and uh, virtually anywhere else too. The last time we discussed this, I said, well, you're going to pay top West End prices when you go. And you will pay £7.50 for a pint of Guinness if you go to London's Littering West End. That's, that's how it works these days. I think this is a, 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 a story that has... Um, too much. I, I think it, it's, it's given too much prominence. It's very good. It's a good clickbait story. By the way, the Racing Post four years ago today cost two pounds ninety, and it's now four pounds twenty. So we're all at it, folks. Let's not. The only there's one shining beacon throughout this. He said, hoping to get more ships, and that is Racing <laughs> TV's uh, <laughs> subscription has gone up by twenty percent in five years, which is which is very good. You're on, sh rate, you're on shaky ground the, here. The, I reckon. the rate of inflation, by the way. Uh, at 10% currently, 50p has gone on seven quid for a pint. So it's actually beneath the rate, rate of inflation. But if you go, I'm sorry that I've taken, I've hogged all the two minutes. That's all right. If you, if, you, if, if you go to these sporting events, you're, th that is the way that things go these days. We don't like it, but it really is a question of take it or leave it. And if you go, as I say, to Wembley or you go to the mm. opera or you go to a, a, a concert the same things happen same uh, at the uh, cricket as well same at the cricket same at the o2 you get a bog standard pint of lager and you're paying seven eight quid for it but let, let's let's try and be productive here because if 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 the reason you're getting a pint in a paper cup which is not a very pleasant way of drinking any drink is because of a, a laudable ambition to achieve carbon neutrality by 2027 shouldn't we be Boxing a bit more clever here, Andrew. I mean, we were talking earlier that that uh, Arsenal, Spurs, and racing in Hong Kong, you get the 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 the, the harder wearing plastic cups that you fill up from the bottom. You chuck them in a thing, and they wash them and, and use them again. So it's not single use plastic, but it's actually a pleasant experience for people. Yeah, I I, I don't understand the paper cups. To be honest, I'm not, I'm not an expert on the environmental stuff, but um, you know, last time I looked, you can wash a glass and reuse it. So um, 
Yeah, or one of those hard plastic things. You, you, you can surely at Cheltenham or, or any race course, you know, like Ascot do, capture some water. You know, I, I don't know, there's, there's other ways, isn't there? But I, I, w I would agree with, with, with Dave on it. To, to some level, you know, we, we, took, the, we took the kids to get some pumpkins yesterday and um, three children, farmer's field full of pumpkins, I did 60 quid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I, I bought some coffees as well as some pumpkins, and um, I, I think uh, where where raising has a massive advantage is 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 that we we should be able to clearly define what our different products are, and and so you know if you if you want Guinness at seven pound fifty in a in a glass glass, this is this is where you go. If you want if you want to bring your own picnic, get in for a tenner, and, and have a a really good day out um, at a sporting event. And, and spend twenty quid. Th this, this is where you go, and, and most racecourses can do that, and, and do to a certain extent do that. So, um, and, and that's somewhere that where we can be a different, different from cricket, different from football, different from these other things. Yeah. Um, we can we can serve use our lots space. of different people on the same day. I think and use that space. Yeah. I mean, and you led us beautifully onto the next talking point, which is that Chester this week have announced. £10 tickets for every fixture next year. This includes the Boodles May Festival. And for that tenor, you get into that outer bit of the infield at Chester, yes, which you've always been able to do, but you also get full use of the D stand. So the grandstand and the bar and F&B facilities there, Dave. That's not a bad offer at all. It's certainly not. And um, it's thinking, it's, it's almost, I was talking to Louise Stewart, the Chief Secretary, it's almost a bit like an emergency budget. Yeah, well... And that's what we need, isn't it? it we, we'll talk about British Champions Day next. The one enclosure that didn't sell out was was the cheapest of the three enclosures. Now, with regard to the, the Chester £10, the, the, the Rudy ticket, you get, for 10 quid, you get into the open course and the D stand. Um, we should also mention Arc's venture, whereby they are introducing a, 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 a ticketing structure, that, pricing structure, that... Uh, that addresses the cost of living issue at the moment. You can get into the Skybet Chase and the Winter Million grandstand tickets are 15 quid for that. And it, it's, it's, it's absolutely essential that in, in, on many different levels, financially, on a, on a PR level too, that racecourses are seen to be aware of, uh, of the fact that not everybody wants to, is going racing particularly on the, mm. the the lower status days the um we've talked about the price of pints at cheltenham cheltenham doesn't those big events don't have a problem selling the numbers at workaday meetings from monday to thursday and friday ha have been hit and so it, it's it's entirely right that racecourse groups should look at this and reach out to people and say, we know this isn't easy and this is what we're going to do about it. OK, we'll just continue this conversation by talking about the crowd on British Champions Day, which was the lowest. It wasn't a bad crowd by any stretch of the imagination. It was well north of, of 20,000 people and it wasn't a, a really particularly special um, TV viewing figure. Still, you get half a million average across a very long show. It's still good against most sports these days. But clearly aspirations for the event are here and what's being achieved fall slightly short, Andrew. Is it something that we need to be bothered about or is it actually just sitting where it, where it ought to sit? Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it cl clearly across the piece of tendencies have, have been going down. That's, that's got to be a concern because um, we're an entertainment industry and if people aren't 
aren't coming and being entertained, and that, that's that's going to be a problem, isn't it? Um, uh, you know, I d don't follow it that closely in terms of the attendances o over the years, and there's there's always um, I, d I did actually I, d I did the horse racing MBA and. Some very clever people up in Liverpool had, had done a big study on attendances, and there's there's so many different things that factor in. You know what you you need things like a good weather forecast early in the week because that's when people are planning for the weekend and stuff like that. So it doesn't matter if it buckets down on the day. Yeah. No, if you already bought bought your ticket, then then you probably go anyway. But um, there's there's so much so much at play, and what what's the competition? What other sporting events are on, and all the rest of it. And um, it's it's a really difficult one, but. Uh, Harry, maybe come to you. I mean, somebody who obviously you—I know you follow flat racing all around the world, even though you're a, you're a jumps guy through and through. I mean, is it an event that grips you and grabs you as you feel it should do? It's an event that grips me. I pay attention to it. Um, I, I'm not sure whether this has relevance towards the uh, um, the big attendance, but I always think it's rather a shame to see brilliant colts running on really soft ground. Um, and I don't know whether that's any any part of it. You know, you see those very very good horses running on quick ground all um, all year, and then you get to Ascot, and Ascot can get deep. Um, and you know, the best horse in the world got stuck in the mud, didn't he? And whether that's the spectacle you want to see on Champions Day, I'm not sure. Dave, get a band on, reform the Smiths. <laughs> yeah. As long as Morrissey behaves himself, it'll absolutely sell out. <laughs> Trust me. You did, I mean, You said that. You said this earlier in the week and got and I got mean, panned for it. Come on, if that's the best he can do, stick a band on. Well, if you want to get people from outside horse racing, that, that, that the stands and the exhibitions that are on British Champions Day are very laudable, but they are quite horsey. Not exclusively, but they're mm. pretty horsey. And if you want to get people coming on the trains to Ascot who have... No, they're not standing there making paddock notes. They're not cognoscenti of the sport, if I can use that word. Um, then... They're going to need a draw. But racing shouldn't be ashamed of that. It's, it's happened throughout the centuries, both in Britain and in uh, mm. jurisdictions elsewhere, that lots of people go there and they're not hooked on the racing. But you know what? If they have a good day, they might come back. Well, Talk to Morrissey. Talk to Johnny Marr. Let's get this done. You talk about doing things differently and it, it shouldn't all be the way we've always done it before, which has always been have your racing, then have a band on after racing. I was watching that footage from the from Mooney Valley, from the Cox Plate the last couple of days, and there's acts and artists right in the thick of it, before racing, between races. Uh, if you're going to have entertainment, brilliant, let's integrate it to the day. What, one of your American, one of the Triple Crown races, they're, they're in... Uh, yeah, but you see, but that is separated, because that if you're talking about the Preakness, where they have all the, the huge rap artists uh, and R&B okay. stars in the middle of the track... Let's, let's bring it closer to home. Um, the what, one of the difficulties that the derby has had, and we might come on to this later on, is yeah. that when when there was, uh, I mean, I remember when Atomic Kitten, this must be decades ago now, played on uh, Derby Day at, or Oaks Day. The, the the place it was Derby Day. The place was rammed because it was like a, um, a a Heart FM roadshow or something. But you laugh. But those people yeah. might come back, and they're coming to the site. Which is better, that people come to the site and watch Atomic Kitten, or they don't come at all? The choice is yours. I, I, th I think, Dave, I mean, that, that where, where we, we sometimes miss a trick with racing, and this, we, we fed this back. We, we went to Epsom with a couple of horses and uh, a couple of simulators this year, 
over the Derby Festival and had its brilliant family enclosure, fantastic. But it was in the middle of the track. Um, and so you, you, were, you were at least two furlongs away from mm. the horse at all times. And there was no real incentive to leave. And, and we've said, like, just push that back up. So the back straight is the, the back side of that family enclosure. Because for me, I've said this before, you know, I went to Saffron Walden and watched the Tour de France. What can I remember about it? We sat there all day watching a picnic. All I can remember is that 100 odd guys came past me on a bike doing 40 miles an hour. Mm. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Uh, and, and it took two seconds for them to come by me. So you, you get some kids stood by the rails and you get a group of 20 horses come by, you know, that's going to make an impression on some Th of them. That's my first... So, so we've got to get them there and then we've got to, we've got to put them hard up against the action. And, um, and it, won't, it won't convert everyone, but some of them will go away thinking, God, that's mm. something I want to know more about. And, and that's the thing, if you, have, if you have your extra entertainment built in, built into the day and much more integrated, even if people turn up for that, they cannot avoid seeing a horse. Yeah. Make, make them not avoid seeing a horse. Yeah. And, then, and then you might, you've got a better chance, at least, yeah. of some I, of that interest. Yeah, I, I think we're, we're guilty. With, you know, Harry, we work with horses day in, day out, and, and you, you forget just how impressive they are. Mm. Um, and, and so we need to make more, more use of that. Sometimes they can be impressive, um, win a race, and then keep the race, and then it gets taken away from them in the stewards' room uh, at, uh, at High Hoban by the BHA. Several, I mean, several weeks later, in case you hadn't realised, the winner of the Portland is no longer the winner of the Portland. But this is happening an awful lot. A lot of these appeals are going the other way. A lot of these stewarding appeals are going the other way, whether they've been demoted and reinstated, or in this case, whether the uh, owners of the runner-up have appealed and, and the race has been taken away. Yeah, Chipster beat Call Me Ginger by half a length. Um, there was interference, but the stewards on the day decided not to reverse uh, the placings. Um, Jim Goldie represented himself at uh, the appeal. Uh, he was hoping that uh, an expert from, from traffic who, who knows all about momentum and stuff like that would, uh, would help his cause. But this, this person was deemed, his, his uh, evidence was deemed inadmissible. Um, my problem with the appellate procedure in the law, if I get done for burgling a house, and then my lawyer found that the old bill um, filled in a lost dog form, I get off on a procedural defect. Mm -hmm. um, what happens in horse racing and lots of other sports is that the, the panel on, uh, in London merely substitute their opinion for the, uh, the opinion of the stewards on the day. Legally, that's a bit of a strange th thing to me. Um, what I think it does say to me is that charming as though our stewarding system is with with people giving their time in in, in days past uh, that if we want consistency then the only real way to go is a centralized room somewhere where the same people are, are, are going over the same or similar cases do you like that harry do you like a centralized stewarding panel yeah i'm not against it because i think the the key word that dave just said is consistency and i think everyone um i think everyone would probably be, be pleased with that Okay, um, let's move on and talk about the RSPCA. There's an excellent piece in today's, uh, excellent and, and slightly worrying piece in today's Racing Post by Lee Moss's head. Um, headlined, is the RSPCA turning against animal sports and the relationship between racing and the RSPCA? Andrew, how important is it that the RSPCA is a f friend or an, a, a, an ally of racing rather than a foe? Um, well, I, I, th I think we should 
we should try and maintain the relationship we've had in the past where, where they're a, a, a critical friend who, who challenges us to do better. Um, but but I, think, I think the risk here is, is not so much the RSPCA themselves, it's this, it's this lack of understanding in, in the general population of, of what we're all about in the sport. And um, that's just another reason why we need to reach out and say, this is what racing can do for you. This is what racing can provide for your children. Um, these are experiences you can have if you get involved in the sport because that, that gives people another, uh, another thing to think about, doesn't it? If, if you know absolutely nothing about, about something and then the RSPCA say it's bad, the only the only opinion you've got is is the RSPCA's. So, uh, you know the young people who've come through the Newmarket Pony Academy, they might see that story and say, well, that that doesn't actually fit with with what I experienced when I was at the racing school. You know, they loved the horses, they cared for the horses really well. Um, so, you know, the, and the onus is on us to go out there and um, and be open with people, like the National Horse Race uh, Racehorse Week. Um, and it's absolutely not to say, like, nothing to see here, you know, you just don't understand. Um, we've got to get out there and, and show people what we do. I think it's also really important, um, more than ever, to explain that the, these horses are working animals, and without that purpose, then the breed doesn't exist. And it's, you know, we, we owe them the best level of care. They have extremely high standards of welfare. They get very, very well looked after. They're very well respected as a breed, but without their job, you know, the, the working animal has to have a purpose. A, a cow, a sheep, they all have a purpose. And the racehorse is an extremely well looked after working animal, but they are working animals nonetheless. Okay, let's um, move on and have a word about Alpinista. Will she or will she not round off her career with a run in the Japan Cup? If she did go to the Japan Cup and win, one, her expenses would all be paid to get there and back. Second, she picks up a huge pot. And third, she picks up a massive bonus. What's not to like? Initially, it seemed as though Kirsten Rousing, her owner breeder, was edging that way, Dave. What's the situation Yeah, it's now? interesting. This There's a 4 million yen uh, winner's purse, and there's a $3 million bonus uh, for winning uh, that race. There is also There would also have been a bonus for winning the Grand Prix de Saint-Cloud but you can't have two bonuses. Ah. Uh, but, um, yeah, in the immediate aftermath of the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe, it seemed certainly that Smart Prescott was very keen. I thought that Kirsten Rousen was a little bit more rest reticent about whether Alpinista should go. This year, though, that this week, it's almost developing into something of a battle of wills, I think, that, that Samark told uh, the trade paper, you would hardly have known she had raced. I believe there is no reason why the horse shouldn't go. Kirsten Rousing, speaking at Newmarket, at, at Newmarket in midweek, though, said um, she was reluctant to ask her any more and that personally I'm happy as we are. So it's interesting to see how that goes. It's that um, the battle of wills between yeah. trainer and owner as so, to so, something a you've, horse's probably, you've probably had Indeed. a pretty good view of over the years, I would imagine. Yeah, it's a fascinating one, isn't it? She, she's done so, so, so well, um, and I, I can absolutely sympathise with both parties. Uh, I think the one thing about her is that as she's a filly, you know, it's not like if she gets beat, she's not going to massively dent her um, prospects as a as a um, commercial, you know, entity. So I think she's, Miss Rosen's going to breed from her. And I, I think it's an enormous thing to be able to achieve. Um, and 
she will be a long time retired. As if Sir Mark thinks she's in amazing form, I can I can absolutely see why he wants to go. Mm. So can I. I can think of many million reasons yeah, <laughs> in dollars, yen, or any other currency that's currently more valuable than sterling, why I'd be quite keen to run in the Japan Cup. Those were this week's talking points.